with a $100,000 commitment to the charity that's supporting the victims' families, $1 million to increase security at Edward Waters Universities. Jacksonville Mayor Donna Deegan is here, and I guess you can react to the news for us live because I don't know if you knew that yet, but you had a chance to catch up with the governor yesterday. What does this mean to the community? Yeah, I spoke with the governor yesterday uh, before his uh, trip to Jacksonville, and he told me about the extra security to uh, to Edward Waters University, which, of course, I think is, is much needed. We can't have folks targeting our HBCUs. We certainly don't want that, and I think any extra security is helpful. I did not know about the, the additional contribution to the fund, but uh, I'm hopeful that's just the beginning. I'd love to see our community step up and really support these families. Um, they are just obviously decimated at this point. So uh, that help is is uh, much needed. Where are you right now in the emotional cycle? Is it anger still? Has it turned to resolve? Sheriff Waters told us earlier this morning that it's commitment and it's like hunger for uh, healing in the community, but not anger. How do you balance anger? And where are you this morning? Well, you know, Rich, I don't know if it was anger for me as much as it was uh, grief for that community, our community, um, and frustration over the fact that uh, we seem to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. Uh, this is a problem. This is, gun violence is a problem in our community and in our country, and I believe that we have to face it. But I think, moreover, we have to really come face-to-face with the fact that some of the things that we are either doing or not doing are emboldening these racists to do what they do. And we need to be very, very intentional to say we cannot and will not stand for hatred toward our black community in the city of Jacksonville. So I think it is, I think it is resolved, but I think we also, we, we, we absolutely want unity. I think we can only have unity if we look at things through truthful, sober eyes at what we are facing here and we actually have the conversations that we ha- need to have uh, to resolve these issues. And it, it cannot be simply that we close our eyes to what is happening around us and, and move through it till we get to the next one. Mayor Deegan, we spoke to the sheriff earlier this morning, and you guys had such a busy weekend trying to comfort people in the community. Were you able to speak with the victims' families? I spoke with the, the one family that was there at the vigil last night briefly and, and got their information, and I will be in touch with all of them to offer my sincere condolences. As I said yesterday, there is certainly that feeling for me, being the, the mayor of this city, um, that there is a sense of, of personal responsibility for what happened. I, I am totally and completely aggrieved that this is something that I wasn't able to stop and that happened um, on my watch and and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that those families grief uh, is not in vain. How does the community address issues around racism and mental illness? The sheriff acknowledging yesterday that background checks, because there were no red flags that would have come up in the shooter's gun purchases, but that background checks need to do a better job identifying gun buyers with bad intentions. How, how do we do that? How does government potentially do that? Or is that, fall on you and I being aware, maybe knowing or or thinking something and and alerting the authorities? How do we address mental illness and racism? Well, obviously, we need we need far more resources around mental illness. That is that is one thing. But but I, I don't think that we can sanitize this issue and say that it is simply about mental illness. This young man 
had a Baker Act incident when he was 15 years old. Uh, that was some time ago, and we haven't had any indication beyond these manifestos. Racism, I would argue, is an illness for certain, but I think that is the illness primarily that young man was clearly suffering from. So I think we absolutely need to address what it is we are doing in our society and how better we can um, service our young people so that, so that those thoughts that are put in their heads are not those. Um, we need to be very honest with ourselves that systemic racism exists within our society and within our system, and we need to do everything we can to have honest conversations around that. And if we can do that, then I think that we can start to listen to each other and see each other's humanity through this process. If we are unwilling to do that, look, the data speaks for itself, Rich. Um, when you look at, at, at what we're dealing with here in terms of, of gun violence, the data speaks for itself. And we've added permitless carry on top of that. Communities that have permitless carry have a 15% increase in their um, incidences of gun violence, that is simply a data point. That is not an opinion, it is not politics, it is a data point. And we've got to, at the very least, have discussions around common sense on these issues. But as I said yesterday, in terms of community unity, I think that we have to really do our very best to talk and, and see and listen to each other. And that's why I was glad the governor was here yesterday. I think that any – I know there was a lot of criticism from folks. Um, I heard it just like you did, um, that he was there. And I, and I think that, that if we are ever going to come together in this community, in this state, in this country, it's going to have to be through facing each other and listening to each other. And he showed up yesterday to a crowd that he knew was probably not going to be entirely friendly, and, and he was there. So, so look, I, I, I give him credit for that. I, I just hope that he takes away from that the pain that these communities are facing and partially due to the fact of some of the policies that we have uh, in this state. And I think we just need to take a hard look at that. That is, that is my opinion. And I, and I think that if we are going to have true unity, it's going to have to come with a lot of honesty attached. And, and part of that has to do with looking at the, at the hard data and, and saying, look, this is where it is. We need to actually address it as opposed to just kicking the can down the road until the next one happens. We're speaking live with Jacksonville Mayor Donna Deegan on Jacksonville's Morning News. I know your time is short. We want to get to just a few more questions, Rich Jones and April Davis. Making sure you have time, Mayor. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that stood out to me is that the security guard over at Edward Waters University was trying to do the right thing. He actually put out an alert to other officers, but it just yeah. didn't go out in time. Is there anything that could have been done? Because, you know, of course, you look back at these circumstances and you think, what could we have done? Could could we have maybe done one more thing where we could have stopped this guy from going into the Dollar General? Um, or maybe you just want to thank that security guard for at least trying uh, to stop it. And uh, I don't know if it could have been any quicker. Well, listen, you know, one might argue that security guard may have stopped uh, mm -hmm. what may have been an incident on Edward Waters University campus. I mean, you know, the, 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 the gunman stopped there to put on his tactical gear and he was seen by a security person and and, and escorted off that campus from what I understand. And so, so who knows? You know, we don't know what we don't know about that man's intentions, but we do know that what he said is he wanted to kill black people. And he showed up first at Edward Waters University. So, so I, I think in that sense, we may have seen a much greater loss of life had he not done what he had done. And then I think beyond that, uh, you know, I, I commend the sheriff and, and, and his officers for acting as quickly as they did. But, but look, you know, it's, 
you know, you talk about trying to read somebody's mind, and that's a tough one, right? I mean, that you talk about trying somebody's intentions. Um, I think it's, I think it's in my mind. You, you look at the availability of these AR-15s and these guns that this this young man was able to get his hands on, and you say that's where we need to focus, and not on trying to read people's minds necessarily. But I don't know that there's anything that that our law enforcement could have done to react any faster than they did. Speaking live with Jacksonville Mayor Donna Deegan on Jacksonville's Morning News. And as the uh, hurt is continuing following this racist attack, we also have preparations for what could be a significant system impacting the Northeast Florida area and the city of Jacksonville. Uh, How closely are you monitoring Adelia at the Emergency Operations Center? And what sort of resources are being put to bear now in advance of peak impacts, which is likely to be felt throughout the day on Wednesday? Well, as, as you know, Rich, at, at, in my household, I'm constantly plugged into to the latest weather information, but I'm also in constant contact with with uh, with our emergency managers. Um, in fact, I'm on my way to an emergency management briefing right now, and and uh, I know that we're, we've got all of our executive team uh, together getting the latest on this storm. As as I think we could have predicted with the warmness of the waters and the and the conditions in the Gulf right now. Um, we're starting to see some intensification, as, as I think was, was largely anticipated. So um, I just want people at this point to be very vigilant, um, and, and we'll be giving them updates constantly about uh, preparations. It looks to me like our, our, western, um, our western part of our city and our western counties are going to see a, the greatest impact from this. Uh, but we all need to be vigilant at this point and keep our, keep our eyes on the forecast. At this point, do we have any closings or cancellations, or would it be likely that we address those later today and likely into tomorrow? Yeah, at this point, I don't believe we do, Rich. And I believe that if those were to be the case, it would probably be more likely in our in our western areas of town. But I, I don't want to talk out of school because I'm not in that emergency briefing and I'm about to step into it. But I'll, I'll certainly be providing more updates, and they will as well as we go through the day. Okay, we will certainly be uh, in close communication with you. We'll let you get to that emergency briefing, and we do value your time this morning. Jacksonville Mayor Donna Deegan, and we want to encourage you with the threat for power outages, uh, have that battery-powered radio or crank radio make sure that you have it locked on 104.5 wokv we'll have uh, any emergency preparedness folks from the cities and communities that are impacted uh, by whatever idalia brings and of course the updated first alert forecast with chief meteorologist mike burrett